With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello everyone and welcome to Club Deck Corner here on Club at 22, the Rangers podcast. I am Scott Carney, I have Ali and Scotia with me tonight. Uh, but before we go any further, we are devastated at the news today of the passing of legendary kit man Jimmy Bell. Um, our thoughts go out to his family at this very sad time. A club statement read today, Rangers Football Club uh, are today devastated to announce the death of our much-loved legendary kit man Jimmy Bell. Jimmy, who has served the club for over 30 years and been a friend and confidant to numerous generations of players and staff, will be so sadly missed by everyone at the at Rangers Football Club. Ali, we've said it before about the word legend uh, being passed about quite a lot. However, Jimmy Bell is that and some, and he will be, he'll be very sadly missed. Yeah, it was devastating news this morning to hear about that. It's, I mean, it's the biggest week in the history of our football club, potentially, in terms of what, what we can achieve on Thursday night. And for the news of that, it's, it's so sad. She's 69 years of age. He's been at Rangers something like, something like 41 years or something. I mean, it's... I mean, I, I mean, kit, kit men and other football teams, you don't really hear about, but, but Jimmy Bell's a... He is, he's a legend of our football club, and he... He's one of us. I mean, he is one of us, Jimmy Bell. He's not just a kit man, Jimmy Bell. I mean, he'll tell a lot of these foreign players that, that come into the come into Rangers what it's all about. Um, he plays a vital role in that backroom staff. Although, yes, he's a kit man, but he, he played a vital role. And it's so sad. It really is because, like I say, we've got a huge, a huge week ahead of us here, and it's. Um, Aye, it's devastating news and obviously condolences to his family and stuff. But it's, um, yeah, he is a legend. We've grown, it's similar to Walter Smith. We've grown up with Jimmy Bell. He's been there through. I mean, we'll also come on and talk about him a wee bit. But it's devastating news for the for the Rangers family. But I just hope we can we can put on a show for him on Thursday because he'll be looking down on us on Thursday along with Walter. Definitely. Scotia, Ali's made a point there. Jimmy Bell was just always there. I mean, the whole time I've grew up and watched Rangers, Jimmy Bell was always just there. He was always just part of the part of the staff. No matter who came and went, what managers came and went, Jimmy Jimmy remained, and it's a it's a big loss for the club. 
This is an absolutely massive loss. And firstly, condolences to Jimmy Bell's family, but it's it's a huge loss for the, the Rangers family and, and the Rangers team in itself. Because like you say there, 41 years he's been there, all the managers he's been through. Um, but he's always been there and always been a constant as well. He's been more, probably the biggest constant in my lifetime at Rangers, really, um, for, for what he does. And yeah, I've... I had family around today, so I've not really managed to catch up and much on on the the interwebs and things. But I've seen quickly seen some of the the posts from hundreds of ex players. I've not managed to read through them all, but lo- loads of them, and they all just kind of reiterate how important he was for them coming into the club, settling into the club. He was there to kind of just, you know, he teaches everyone that comes in that maybe doesn't know anything about Rangers. This is what you need to be because sometimes you might not have players that have been there long enough to actually do that. Jimmy Bell was always always there and he, he's been through all that history with us, you know, the success with Surinus coming in, Walter Smith signing in a row, the advocate, McLeish, and then obviously what happened in the last decade and then rising back to the top. He's been there throughout it all and he's, he's going to be such a huge loss um, to the football club. Definitely. Um, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, he lived his dream. Do you know what I mean? He's, he worked for his boys who club for, for so many years. And, and I heard David Edgar saying that he, he worked right up to the end. And he, he did. He did do that. There was no kind of down for him. It was, he kind of done what he done um, right up until the end. But he was, a, he's a true, he was a true standard setter. And you're right what he was saying. When, when, when players are coming into this club and they don't understand it, five minutes with, with Jimmy Bell and you would have known exactly what Rangers was all about. And I think one of the, one of my favourite bits from him has been the the infamous Gerard video when he's entering the, Gerard's getting announced as manager. Good. Good afternoon, Mr. Gerard, and that's it. <laughs> that's all you got from Jimmy Bell, just professional as ever. Not, I'm not intimidated by anybody, no, even if it was Stephen Gerard. Uh, good afternoon, Mr. Gerard, and he, he hangs up his he has he hangs up the kits. Um, Ali, I think Scotia makes a point as well. The amount of ex pros and current players as well. I think everybody's pretty much put out a post, but it's the ex pros that continue to come out and. Thank and uh, thank Jimmy Bell for their time at Ibrox and as well. I think you, you can't really under underestimate the impact he had on players. I, I have I have not known coaches' names at Rangers in my time. I've always known Jimmy Bell's name. Yeah, that's I've looked into Twitter to date. All of them huge, huge football players that have, have played for Rangers have come out and said said what what he did for them. Um, Jermaine Defoe put a good one on um, who was winding Defoe up in terms of saying that he hadn't won anything <laughs> so um, there's, a few, there's a few that I think a lot of them have got a lot of stories about him, he's got quite a dry sense of humour, Jimmy Bell I think he's along the lines of um, Alan McGregor I would say I would, I, would put him in, yeah. I would put him in terms of that sense of humour, he doesn't take fools glad <laughs> he winds folk up but it is, it's just the way his sense of humour is but He's, um, I'll be sadly lost to most for, for Rangers. I mean, 41 years as a, as a kit man. I mean, that's 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 some going. I mean, a way back to when uh, with Sunis was scotch around them off there. Sunis, Walter, Advocate, McLeish, Leguen, Mark Warburton, Kashinya, I mean, <laughs> all the way to Gerard and to, to Van Bronckhurst. And it's and the, the amount of players he would have seen. At Ibrooks, world class players that he's he's been around and and taught them. And I mean, you see when when Gio came in as manager and he went straight up to him 
And he was like, "How are you? How are we doing, Jimmy?" Again, it's just that that that's what he's about, Jimmy Bell. They all love him, and everyone have come out and said about him. And like I said earlier on, you don't hear about kitmans of other teams, and but you know who Jimmy Bell is. You ask anyone in Scotland who Jimmy Bell is, they know who he is, regardless of who they support. If Celtic fans, they'll know they know who Jimmy Bell is. He's just he's all like you say, Carney. He's always been there since we've grown up, and he has a constant because. Who else has been there that long at Rangers? And that that that's it kind of symbolizes what Rangers are about, to be honest, because there's been a lot of a lot of people you don't really see, but you hear about in the background in terms of the, the tea ladies, etc. They've all been there for God knows how many years. And he's he's just another one, Jimmy Bell, but sadly lost to um to the Rangers family. But like I say, I really hope we put a show on for him on Thursday night and um I remember him for what he was, Jimmy Bell, because he was a true Rangers man, like you say, Carney. Lived the dream, and he was one of us. Um, and he told players coming and Rangers what it's about. So, yeah, devastating news. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say about the man because he's yeah. fantastic, fantastic man. And like I say, I just hope we can we can do it for him on Thursday and get to a European final. Yeah, Scotia as well. It's hard to, to, to sum up. Jimmy in a kind of short space of time, um, but again, even Josh Windass's tweet today, um, and he loves a he loves a he loves a tweet or Josh, but uh, when he asked Jimmy Bell for gloves, and he went Brian Loudrop didn't wear gloves, <laughs> 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 and that's what <laughs> that's what you mean about the guy just he he, he breathed, he lived and breathed Rangers. It was running through his blood, and. He, Again, I, I'll, I'll reiterate what I said. I knew coaches. I didn't. I, I didn't know coaches' names at Ibrooks, but I always knew Jimmy Bell. So the influence that he had on players, even though he's not a coach, it, it will be missed. It totally, yeah. He's one of these guys that keeps players grounded. I think you know he, he always kept them on the ground and focusing what what's important for that. Um, you know, like you said, there we've been. I think Rangers, as a club, have been very lucky to have a figure like Jimmy Bell that we all we've all oh, I've always known him really and supporting Rangers have always kind of been aware of who Jimmy Bell was. Like you say, there's maybe other teams that you don't know their kit man and like Ali said there about I've heard stories in the past about tea ladies and other kind of backroom staff that are, are there and you know that the players always talk about and we've been very lucky to have a kind of figurehead really of what that represents and he is a part of the fabric of the club. Yeah. Yeah, and I think he, he forever will be. Um, he will be. He'll always be remembered and very, very sadly, my devastating news. Um, but as I say, it's a, a guy that left his dream, and I'm sure there'll be many, many good stories to come out about him. Um, I'm sure we'll hear a lot because uh, a, a true legend, literally a true legend. Uh, and again, I just I'll reiterate that we we all here pass on our best to his family. Um, as I say, it was all very sudden. Um, I don't think anybody was expecting it. So, um, kind of makes it harder when it's like that, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, I can't imagine what his family are going through just now. So, we just pass on our our, our best. Uh, I do, I'm not being presumptuous here, um, but if I knew Jimmy. Uh, and I think if Jimmy knew this podcast, he would like to think that the show must go on. Um, that's that's what I'd like to think. So um, we'll try our hardest to move on to it and trying to get into our, our usual club deck corner stuff. But there was no way we weren't going to going to start with that. So rest in peace, Jimmy. Um, you will be you will be sadly sadly missed. So we'll move on. Uh, it's best 
way you possibly can. You can't really transition after speaking about something like that. It's very hard to do. So this week we will debrief the 1-1 Old Firm Draw at Parkhead and we will turn the excitement levels up to 11 as we look ahead to the massive second leg semi-final, uh, semi-final tie even against Leipzig at Ibrox on Thursday night. Before we get to that, I have to give a massive shout out to all of you that are in and about the comments. You will know him as Dundee Taylor, uh, who joined the Coffee Buying Legend membership the other day uh, via the Buy Me A Coffee website. Um, amazing, Dundee. Thank you so much for choosing us to support us uh, that way um, by signing up to the membership. Uh, absolutely mega staunch points for life. So thank you very, very much indeed. Right, gents, we'll start with the 1-1 draw. Uh, at Parkhead on Sunday uh, after going going a goal down Rangers come back in the second half to draw level with a great goal from Mr Waka Waka Sakala and can consider themselves unlucky not to take all three points not as many changes in the squad um, as we probably expected however a tremendous second half effort collectively uh, I think put a halt to a, a premature title party uh, so the first half we'll start with the first kind of 20 minutes or so Ali Rangers looked up for it. I thought Big John leading the charge, as you would like to, as you would like to think he was going to. And uh, yeah, almost when the goal came, mate, I almost felt like it was against the run of play. Yeah, I sat watching with Scotia in the pub, and I, I thought the first twenty minutes Rangers were very good. I thought we looked very comfortable, um, knocking the ball about. Lovely, they looked like the home team. If you have to say Rangers, the way they were controlling the ball, Lindstrom in particular, Goldson at the back, thought was good. Um, yeah, we. We controlled, we controlled the whole the whole of that 20 minutes that you're talking about. Ryan Kent was very unlucky we are at the back post. I think it was Lundstrom visited across and he's at the back and was was unlucky. The only thing I would say is we did although we had a lot of the ball, we did struggle with a, an out ball in terms of Sakala was out wide, Joe Rebo was a kind of false nine. We did struggle a wee bit, but didn't really have a focal point. Um but like you said, the first twenty minutes, I was more than happy at that point. I thought I thought we were good. I did look at the Celtic team before, and I looked at their midfielder McGregor, Hatati, who who's fallen off the face of the earth for them. I think <laughs> um, I know Riley. I thought we could get joy in there, especially with Lundstrom, Arfield, Davis. I thought we could boss that midfield, and I thought we did. To be honest, um, it's just a shame we didn't have a Kamar Roof or an Alfredo Morelos. Because I think we would have been, I think we would have won that game. But um, I first twenty minutes, as you say, I was, I was more than happy to be honest. Yeah, I, I was feeling rather good about it as well. I sat and watched it with uh, podcast friend Jamie Lowe. Um, I've got to call my podcast friend because I'm not sure when he's coming back. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, pod, podcast friend Jamie Lowe. Uh, I wish he was still. On. Come back and uh, yeah, but no, I think we both felt rather good after the kind of first. Well, as good as you can feel in the first twenty minutes of an old firm, you never really feel good during an old firm game. But I thought we started well, Scotia, and we we silenced the crowd pretty quickly, especially that chance for Kent, as Ali mentioned. I thought that put the that put the frighteners up them a wee bit. Yeah, I mean exactly the same as yourself and Ali. They really, I felt really comfortable. Felt now we can go on and win this. You know, we it, we obviously started the game back at uh, Ibrooks really well as well but that fell off after four minutes but we were doing this for 20 minutes and I was going like right no this is how this is how you want the, want the game to go playing really well knocking it about well Kent had he had another wee sort of chance where he took a long range effort as well but it was just straight at, at Joe Hart I mean 
it was Kent that was hitting it, so I didn't really have any confidence when the ball left his foot. But it, it was a decent chance. And I think we, in that 20 minutes, we definitely had the best of the chances in the first 20. Um, and yeah, like you, I was thinking, no, keep up at this and this could be a, a good afternoon. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then we go a goal down. Uh, obviously, <laughs> Rangers start a game really good and then go a goal down. Why would we not do that? But this one was, look, we always pick holes in, uh, in Rangers goals, as you do. You, you you never really give credit to the other team, unless it's a wall day. This one just isn't. Uh, Tav and Golden are they really poor defensively letting Maida, I think, run through. Yeah. Uh, Golden kind of gets caught wrong-footed and it just gives him that wee half a yard uh, and we all know he's literally, he has pace, that guy and he's very little else very little else, um, he puts a decent cross into the box, nothing spectacular and Bonner Barris is just sleeping again at the back post uh, to say I was angry at this one mate that's probably an understatement because it was like a carbon copy of one that we'd seen um, previously at the start of the year Yeah I text our group chat to say I've seen that goal umpteen times this season. <laughs> I have, and it's it's just it's, it kind of sums our season up. To be honest, all the ball the first twenty minutes, they have one attack and they score. <laughs> and I've we've, we've seen it we've seen it all season. Um, that the whole game kind of symbolised our season in, in bits. To be honest, but yeah, Tad doesn't do well either. There's golds and passes. Was he got a chance to possibly try and he kind of lets it go? Barisic at the back post sleeping. I think he got the most of the blame from people, to be honest, round about us. Um, he did me anyway. Yeah, I yeah. Most <laughs> and, of the blame. yeah, I know Ryan gave him the blame. Um, and it's um, <laughs> <laughs> he's one of Ryan's pals at the moment. And um, it's in the, it's and it's in the back of the net. And you're looking at each other at that point, going, they're one up without really kicking a ball. We started well. What do Rangers do now? Do we crumble? And just fall apart, or do we get it back on the ball? Like I said, to Scotia after it, start playing our game again and, and try and come back into it. But it was a bit of a sucker punch, to be honest, because Celtic did nothing. But at the end of the day, they put the ball in the back of the net, and we didn't. When Ryan, when Ryan Kent had a chance, so it, it summed our season up a wee bit, to be honest. Yeah, I think it summed up a lack of real cutting edge quality that what we have just now in the final third, Scotia that. We probably, well, I mean, Ryan Kent's unlucky, I think, with the, the chance yeah. that he has. I, I do think that's unlucky. I mean, he tries to get a finish on it, but uh, he should maybe do better. But I think that would be being uber, uber critical of him. But yeah, this goal, mate, it was just like, <laughs> of course, Rangers, <laughs> just <laughs> give some poor defending in. Why don't we? Yeah, against the wrong running play, like Ali says there, and it's. I know Barisic is taking it in the neck the most for that, and it, it, he sees his most visual error that gets made. But like Ali said, and yourself say there, Goldson and Tav aren't doing great to, to prevent the boy running down. And I think Bassey was slightly, slightly caught off guard as well that his positioning could have been a wee bit better. But this has been the problem with our defence all season. It's goals like these that we've conceded because one one mistake begets another mistake. And it just all crumbles to pieces. Um, wasn't great. I did feel a wee bit sorry for Barisic because I knew he was going to take it in the neck. But it was poor, so you can't hide from the fact that it was poor there. But um, so were the rest of the defenders, I would say as well. And um, I did, to be honest, I had the fear that Barisic was going to go down um, one of Barisic's shaped yes. missing, posted missing holes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I had the same feeling, mate. I thought, oh, that's him absolutely spent for the rest of the rest of the game. I I, I think 
if he if he hadn't had that mistake um, in the in the last old firm at Parkhead, then he probably wouldn't get as much stick. But it was it's just the same thing. You just turned your back on your man, uh, and he's just been caught out. I don't know who scored that one though. I don't know if it was Jota that scored that one. And it was Jota that scored. Was it Jota? So it's, so it's exactly the same thing. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so the rest of the half, I think Rangers looked a wee bit. I've watched the game back. Um, yesterday, what day we on Tuesday? I watched the game back yesterday, and we kind of lost our way a wee bit. And yeah. towards the end of the first half, we didn't really get a grip of it. Again, Celtic did have a few chances to probably make it two 0 uh, If I'm going to be honest, especially one again from Maida that he should score. He absolutely bricks it because he thinks Alan McGregor's about to knock him into the stands. Um, but even even at that, it wasn't. I mean, that one's probably a guilt-edged chance and maybe Jota's header, but I think by the time we got to and got to half-time, it was a, a bit of a sigh of relief from probably all Rangers fans, like we get a chance to a chance to reset. Ali, before we move on into the second half, and I know you like to run away with everything that I say, mate, um, but at half-time, mate, I, I will put my hand on my heart right now, mate. I didn't want Sakala to come back out for that half. I thought Lundstrom was really good in the middle of the park. I thought Davis was doing as much as he possibly could. I thought Bassey was solid enough. But there was not a lot coming from the top end of the pitch. And Joe Aribo is a false nine for me is also a no. It just doesn't work, but... The one that was getting the most from me, honestly, was Sakala. I was ready for, I was ready for driving to Parkhead and taking them off the park myself. Yeah, I, th- I think if you were in the pub with me and Scotia as well, Sakala was the one everyone was shouting about. He's, he's, uh, he, he looked lost at times in that first Sakala, as if he didn't know where he was supposed to be. At. I remember looking at him one point, and he was away back, kind of right back at one point, and I was like, "What's what's he actually doing here?" Um, he did look a bit clueless in the first half, Sakala, and I mean, Scotia back is up. You know, everyone in the pub was calling him all sorts and get him, get him back to Zambia and all this, and get him off the park. And yeah, I, in, in fact, me and Scotia were even talking, going, "Do you bring Cedric Hatton on and put him through the middle?" And you were fine. Scotia said, "Do you bring Diallo on to try and because we might as well just throw the dice because to, the, 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 the league's done. That is done." I mean, we might as well yeah. throw something different. Yeah. But, yeah, I was the same as you, Carney. I, I wanted to get to half-time 1-0 because we did lose our way. They probably should have been two up. Um, but, yes, Sakala was the guy that I was saying. <laughs> Scotia and the rest of the other pub, the pub were saying, get him off now because he is frustrating the hell of us, to be polite. Yeah. But um, I would have taken him off too. We should know, like, not to write things off or to yeah. be particularly happy at half time or like sad at half time because it always comes back and slaps us in the face. I'm glad I didn't do a half time podcast because I, <laughs> I would have been another one where I was like, Oh, I got that one wrong because I was like, No, no, not for me. Obviously, Scotia, we get into the second half and there is no changes. Were you expecting more of the same or were you expecting Rangers to come? Um, to come out the traps a wee bit. I think I honestly, mate, was I was a wee bit not shocked, pleasantly surprised, I'll say, by the way that we started that second half. Yeah, I mean, when the teams came back out, I was pretty surprised and I was, wasn't was feeling great about it because I was, yeah, like Ali says, screaming for Sakala. I was I wanted Darfield off as well because I think he'd lost his way. 
And then I was like, well, Barisic was slipping. And that's the first half he was slipping and he just making mistakes. And you could tell he looked really nervous. And I was like, take him off and push Bassi back out. So when the team came out with no changes, I was a bit surprised. But then it was the, it's the tactical tweaks that, that Gio's made. That then I was like, right, okay, so he's now playing Sakala centrally. Great. We need that. Because Aribo, as you mentioned, didn't really do much. So once I'd seen the tweaks tactically, I was feeling a bit more confident. But I wasn't feeling confident when I didn't see any any substitutions. Yeah, Ali, who would have thought in all of us probably, see when you put this Celtic team under a wee bit of pressure, they don't really tend to do very well. When we press them, when any team presses them, see the reason Celtic are not in the Johnston's Paint Trophy or European Trophy or the the Europa League Trophy uh, tournament even is because teams put them under pressure and they don't know how to cope with that. And Joe Hart is awful with his feet with the ball at his feet, even worse than McGregor, I think genuinely, I don't think he's very good. And as soon as we started to put them under pressure, they couldn't get out. And the, the momentum for us was just building and building in that half. Yeah, no, I, th- I thought we started really well the second half, like you say, through the middle and we were, we were pressurising them. And they looked a bit clueless in the second half, Celtic, to be honest. I think they were just, they, they obviously they didn't want to lose the game, but in case it brings it back to three points and they, it's, even at that, it's still done. But um, no, if you if you press their backline, I mean, they have, they got a they had a backline of Anthony Ralston. Come on, <laughs> he's not great at Ralston. When I seen he was playing, I was like, Kent have a, a field day with him. I, I didn't think Ryan Kent had a go at him as much as I would have liked to be honest. And you'd get that Carter Vickers, who's all right to be honest. That Starfield who bomb scare and. Um, Taylor at left back, who to me is just a bog standard left back. That's all he is. So, yeah, they're they're, they're not overly great Celtic, but um, yeah, if you press them, you'll get joy. And I could see us getting joy that second half. But the only thing I was thinking was, where's the goal going to come from? Because we were still a bit powder puff up front in terms of Isaac Alice through the middle, but. He's that unpredictable. You don't know what he's going to do half the time, which kind of sums him <laughs> up, to be honest, in that second half. But um, I, we were all looking at each other in the pub going, yes, we're having all the ball here, but who's going to score the goal for us? Yeah. Um, we did dominate the half. Uh, we still had our moments at the back. There was one, again, for Maida, again, proving my point that he isn't actually a very good football player because he should do much better or at least get it on target and he doesn't. He skies it well over. However, I think that's the one that he's actually offside for. Is he's that right? Offside, yeah. yeah, so that one's offside. Which was... Well, was it? Did they give it? They, did they no, give it didn't give it. No, didn't give it. no, they didn't give it. No, of course they didn't. Why would they? Um, why would they give offside? Um, and then we were called offside as well. That was our fact. That was a one each. We were called offside with Sakala. So the standard of referee uh, is great. Or linesman in Scotland is great. Uh, not. Uh, but it did take until changes were made, Scotia, um, before we actually got the goal. Um, Sakala definitely moved very central after we made the changes. And I thought this goal was great after seeing it back a few times. It's a really good goal. Scott Wright does really well. Really Really slick one one touch given goes with uh, Arfield and um, gets it to Kent. Kent does great actually to control the ball and get on the turn to slip in Sakala. And the finish from Fashion Sakala is superb. Low hard at the keeper's near post. Absolutely buries it. And everybody eats their own words and starts singing waka waka. 
Yeah, because when those changes get made as well, I was still like, why is Sakala still on the pitch? And then yeah, a few minutes later, <laughs> keep my words, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, it was good. And it was good to see that. Wright coming on impressed me once again. That's a few games in a row now that when he's ever played a part, he's, he's looked, again, looked to the kind of standard that they thought we were going to get with him. Um, the, the goal itself was really nicely well worked. And you could kind of see it was coming once those changes had been made. And we'd, we turned the screw a wee bit after those changes get made because I do think we were maybe a wee bit too passive in the second half before them while probably controlling the game we were a wee bit too passive and then um, no it was great knew it was going to happen and yeah like you say the waka waka man proves me wrong he's, he's one of these players that because he didn't have that much time to think and he takes it inside the near post Joe Hart thinks he's going to go across him so you could see Joe Hart like having to jump back the other way and yeah it's one of the it was a great wee go yeah, it was a it was a great goal, an absolutely great goal. Uh, it was it was that good that kind of took me a, a, one of the brief kind of half seconds to realise that he'd actually scored it. Uh, it was a it was a great finish, and Ali the goal was great. And then even after that, he started doing like hold up work and stuff. He was holding off centre backs, like winning balls, bringing it down, playing it off. And I was like, who would have thought Fashion Sakala likes to play through the middle and he's not a wide player? Yeah. After after that goal, that, that was a great goal, by the way. See the build-up play with that Scott right into our field and the one-touch play for Rangers. Brilliant. What a finish, by the way. Similar to you, Carney. The pub kind of paused for a second, kind of going, Christ, we just scored <laughs> And it was Sakala. And um, we were singing a waka waka. I think the guy beside me, coach, went, I'm going to slag him off more often. And we were all going, who else could be slagging this Rangers team? Um, but not fair play to Sakala. I mean, he get pelters for the pub. I know he can't hear us in the pub, but he got pellers in there. But um, fair play to him. But like you say, Carney, after that, it was if he got a new lease of life and he turned into a football player and he terrorised them. And literally about five minutes later, he was bullied them through and goal again and puts heart in a decent save, to be fair. But yeah, as soon as he went through that middle there, he just he just looked up for it and... It just turned into a different player, but that it, it kind of summed fashion Sakala up because that's what he is. Nobody knows what we're going to get with him half the time. He can be utter dire or brilliant, and we've seen both sides of Sakala in that game. But yeah, it's epic when he got that goal, and it was a terrific goal. It, it gave him a sort of rock up the arse, and then he was buzzing to keep going. Absolutely. Uh, we do get two great chances uh, to take the lead. One you mentioned there, a good save by by Joe Hart for well, not a decent save by Joe Hart for Sakala's shot, and then the Scott Wright when he bursts into the box and cuts it back to Arfield, I think it is. Yeah. And, and Joe Hart does well to save it, and then the follow up from Ryan Jack who pretty much passes it back to him. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're like, God, just want to stick your boot through it. Do you know what I mean? Just absolutely, just kind of passes it back to him, and yeah, and then the, the real one, Scotia, that we probably should take the lead with quite near the end. Uh, great ball by Arfield. To slip through Sakala. Sakala's away. I'm thinking, I don't know if he's going to score. Everybody's thinking the same thing. I don't know if he's going to score either. And he strikes a post and it honestly like two, three inches to the more to the left-hand side and that probably goes in. Ah, oh, it was so unlucky for him. I can't be too critical, mate, because I ripped him apart in the first half and in the second half he, he got us back into the game. He's really unlucky with us one. Yeah, I think so. He does really well. He knows, uses his pace really well uses his body quite well as well to just kind of shrug the defender off again and gets away, runs at it. I'm up in my seat ready to start celebrating and then it just bounces back off the post agonisingly. And um, 
oh, I was gutted because it would it would have been like Kelly said earlier, ultimately winning probably doesn't do anything for the league, but it would just give me that wee extra couple of games of probably false hope, but hope nonetheless. Yeah, I was just more than happy we didn't get beat. If I'm going to be completely honest, I'm just happy we didn't get beat. Uh, we we stopped there, as I said, their, their premature title party. So that was the most pleasing thing for me. Uh, but I, I do think we were quite right to feel a wee bit disappointed at the end of that game that we didn't win it. Uh, I thought we were by far the better team in the second half. And I know Celtic were maybe the better towards the second half of the first half, if that makes sense. But for the majority of that game, I thought Rangers were the better team and we probably should have. With Amarelos there, I think we won that. I don't think there's really any great doubt about that. I think we, we won that game. Um, before we move on, Ali, John Lundstrom. Um, do you want, do you, I mean, how I can't. I can't remember ever being so wrong about a Rangers player. Honestly, I can't remember it. And he continues to prove me wrong. Uh, because I, I've said that a million times on this pod. I was... I wouldn't have been shocked to see him leave in January. And now he is. He's just one of the most important players on that team. Him and Calvin Bassey right now are just undroppable. Yeah. Boss the midfield, Lundstrom. And he loves it. And they hate him, which I love. <laughs> they do hate him. Yeah. I love players I, they that, hate you can in always, our team. You can always, yeah, not that I always read, <laughs> but you can always judge how good a player we have about how if much they hate, they hate him. Yeah, yeah, and they they hate him. They hate him. Yeah. They hate him because they know they I say kind of, they've bullied us for years. We've not had a enforcer if you want to say them another park. And John Lundstrom, the last couple of games against them has went, this is my midfield. You ain't getting nothing for me. Callum McGregor, Mascazoro, whatever you want to call him, absolutely nothing the last two games out of out of John Lundstrom. They kind of I mean I love the wee video when he came out of Park here and he just He's just looking at him going, <laughs> Honest, it was brilliant. I was just, even Scott Arfield crowned on the same. I was like, he just gets it, John Lundstrom. That's that's what you want. But I thought he was outstanding again. I'm the same as you, Carney. I, I don't know how many times I've said it in the last month in this podcast. I'd written him off as well. I was, I've, if it went in January, it wouldn't have bothered me. But he's just, I, the transformation in him has been, Mental. I always knew he was a good player at Sheffield United. I'd seen him. He was that box-to-box player, would would said. But, I mean, he's, he just, I don't know. He, the last, you got to say, two months there, he's been outstanding. And he just bossed that midfield once again. And like I said um, the other week, Carney, how we were going to be changing quite a lot of players in the summer. I built that midfield around John Lundstrom. And you've mentioned our guy, Calvin Bassey. Outstanding again for that boy. 22 years of age, Calvin Bassey. I mean, folk will surely have a sniff at him in the summer. But um, he's been brilliant, Calvin Bassey. And once again, he was outstanding. Playing left centre half again, which isn't his position. But is it his position going forward? I don't know. <laughs> no, That's I know. <laughs> because he's that good at it. And I, I do prefer him at left back, but he's he's played that left centre half in Balogun. Balogun's not going to get back in this Rangers team because he, he can't drop him. And I know Borna's up and down. That's his bloody song, as we keep saying. But um, aye, it's just Calvin Bassey for me is just a revelation. You got you got to say hats off to to Gerard and all that. And I, I don't know if it was Gerard or, or Ross Wilson who, who got him for for Leicester, I think it was. But what a signing he's been, by the way. I don't know what his value is now, but. 
teams will be looking at him now. Nigerian internationalist as well. But his performances this season has been outstanding by him. And yeah, I, I hope he's at Rangers next year. I really hope Calvin, and I think he will, but he's he's a guy to build a team around as well. Yeah, I, I agree. Scotia, I think we maybe could have expected improvement in Lundstrom considering where he's came from and where he was playing. So you would maybe expect form and form to eventually come back to him, which it did, it definitely did. But the progression as a player from even from the the last time Bassey plays, the next game he's 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 fixing bits, he's doing different bits and he wants to be taught, he wants to be coached and even I seen it at one point of cameras and he's barking orders at people. This is a twenty-two year old centre back or left back, what you like, and I'm like, oh I'm I'm so impressed with Calvin Bassey. Yeah, he's. I know you don't get these kind of awards at, in clubs like Rangers, but you know, in your local boys' football club, most improved player, well, it's Calvin Bassey, hands down. And I like you say it is game on game. Um, because I mean, last season when he started sort of playing every now and again, you know, you could see him improving game on game there. This season, his crossing's improved massively. I've said before, getting having to play at left centre back has helped him positionally so much. I mean, yeah, it's still got these things that he needs to iron out there, but he's turning into a really, really valuable a- asset for us. And if you think that Nathan Patterson went for 60 million quid and not played anywhere near the amount of games that Bassey's played, and the fact that Bassey's now had added this into his locker that he can play as a left centre-back as well. I mean, he's a big, big unit and he's really fast. He's the kind of kind of player that clubs want in a, in a defender. And um, mm-hmm. I'm, like Ali, I really hope we keep him for next season. But I yeah, guarantee there'll be clubs sniffing around Bassey at the moment because, yeah, both him and Lundstrom, I'd probably say, are up there for player of the year along with maybe Aribo and then Morelos and Tav just because it's Morelos and Tav. <laughs> Aye. Yeah, just because that was Morelos and Tav. I even thought Tav was better in the second half as well. I thought Tav really grew into the game. Uh, I, I do, but I think that all helps when we start to dominate, when we can see and you can physically see that we are fitter than Celtic. I don't think there's any doubt about it. We look fitter than them all over the park. Even with the strength of their bench, they they decide to bring on Tom Rogic as well, who tows a caravan everywhere he goes. And I just thought, over overall, um, we just looked to fit our team in the end. And as I say, as a Celtic fan, honestly, that would worry me because of the amount of football we've played. It really would. Uh, but yeah, that'll do us for the old form game. Uh, before we move on to the kind of main event, I suppose, um, just a word from our sponsors, Manscaped. Someone is here, the sun is shining, shirts are off, and your friends at Manscaped are here to make sure your beach balls are as smooth as Floridian sand. Dive head first into summer by joining the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for summer by going to manscaped.com, use the code CLUB at 22 for 20% off and free shipping. The Manscaped Performance Package has everything you need to prepare that summer bod. Inside the package you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver, the ball toner, which is Scotia's favourite, performance boxer briefs and a travel bag to hold your goodies. Want to take your grooming game even further? Take a look at the Manscaped Shears 2.0, a package that has everything you need to pristine nail cutters, 
tweezers, grooming scissors with the performance package, your balls will be ready to impress. But make sure you cover the rest with the Shears 2.0. You'll and you're ready to perform from head to toe. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code CLUB at 22 at manscaped.com. This is the summer to turn your package into the full package with Manscaped. What will your balls do, Scotia? Neighbor, thank you. God, you took your time there, didn't you? Of, of all times to Honestly, have a day, yeah. of all times that you had his Wi-Fi decides to play <laughs> yeah. up a wee bit, is at that point. The Wi-Fi is playing point. a wee bit better. <laughs> Hey, your dad's yeah. cycling quicker. I know. Give him a shout. Um, so thank you again to Manscaped for their continued support. Their products really are superb. So go check it out. Uh, and by using our, using our code CLUBAT22, you'll be helping this podcast. So thank you, everybody. Now, the most important game, the main event, if you will. Um, probably one of the biggest games in our lifetimes. Rangers welcome Leipzig to Ibrox for the second leg of the semi-final in the Europa League, where we are one goal down, but two goals away from a place in the final of the Europa League. Ali, can you remember a game as big as this, or as big as this feels? Well, I've probably gone back to when we played Fiorentina at Ibrox, but it's... But like I say, that was the first leg. This is this is, this is is the second leg. This is... Um, and back in 2008, we were kind of... We were a different team. We weren't great to watch, and we were kind of limping through rounds, and but we're a good team in Europe this season, especially at Ibrox. This is massive. It's unbelievably big this Thursday. I, I just wanted Sunday out of the way. I wanted it out of the way. I wanted to spoil every part if we could, put it in ice for a week or whatever it is, and we did. So, And it's given us more momentum going, going into Thursday. But it's, oh, the, the, the atmosphere on Thursday night, Carney, is going to be it's going to be next level. It really is. I mean, we've had special nights at Ibrox this season. Dortmund, Braga... This is going to be if Rangers do it. Oh my god, oh, that place will up. Honestly, <laughs> the noise levels. I'd love to get one of the sound things that measures the sound or whatever. It must be. It'll be frightening, but it's um, no. It's it's got to be the biggest game in our lifetime. I, I know. Well, I know. Obviously, well, I when we got to UEFA Cup final, that that's that that is, but. This is huge. This is huge because we have a chance. There's a chance if we put Leipzig out, a big chance we, we could win this Europa League. It's um oh, it's mouthwater, man. I just can't wait for Thursday. I just I want to know. I say I can't stop thinking about it, man. I just it's like right, okay. I'm kinda glad I took yesterday yesterday off. Can I help me kinda not think about it as much because I was recovering and uh, I just can't wait, man. I can't remember ever feeling like this about a game going to Ibrox and thinking what this is all about. And yeah, I always look forward to going to Ibrox, but this is just different. This is it's literally all I can think about right now. Scotia, are you the same? This is this is up there with the, the biggest ever. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I was thinking about it today, actually, and like um, Pearson says there, the game against Fiorentina at Ibrox in 2008, it was the first leg. And... I was trying to think back to how I felt going along because I was I went along at the game with Ali that day, and um, I was feeling really excited about it. But there was that nervousness as well because of how we were playing and how well Fiorentina I think had been playing um, up to that in that period um, in Europe that season. I was then thinking about the the turn leg out in Florence, and I remember being absolutely buzzing for that. But it's different because I was sitting in a flat with a 
quite a few of our mates just getting ready for it. But the feeling for it was really exciting. And the, the feeling afterwards was one of the best feelings I've ever, ever had supporting Rangers. But going to Ibrooks for this, when the ties is evenly balanced as it is with just that one goal advantage for Leipzig, I am really, really looking forward to this. I think this is going to be incredible. It's going to be so much better than the Dortmund game. I think the Dortmund game was big for who the name oh, was. We lost them. Oh, oh, he's back. Oh, no. Now it's going to cause all sorts of chaos. I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you were so, where did you I get were, to? I can't. Uh, I Dortmund, you, you mentioned Dortmund. Yeah. Oh, could you? Oh, it must have been yeah, me. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. I've made an arse of that. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, no, so Dortmund was big, but I think that was the t- who the team were rather than anything. This one at Ibrooks on, on Thursday evening is just going to be incredible. I'm really, really looking forward to it. Uh, can't wait. And the feeling that if we, we if we do manage to, to get the result, it's going to be an absolutely fantastic night. Yeah, it really is. It's going to be something to to remember it really is apologies everybody then it must have been my wi-fi that actually dropped out i, I, I say it all the time this is a professional podcast so i'm uh, sorry that was that was my fault sorry scosha cut you off in your prime there mate um but in for a tough game we're in for a tough game ali i don't think there's any great doubt about that this is going to be a, a tough a tough old game they had a, a game on monday night but it was a much changed team they played uh brucia much and Gladbach. Uh, and they were beat 3-1, but it was a, a very, very changed side. So on to the game itself, mate, what do you think is going to be key for Rangers on Thursday night? <clears throat> One thing I will say from reports that David Edgar was saying on heart and hand, obviously he had a chance to speak to the players after the game, I think, in uh, Germany, that I think the players really feel like they could do something here, and they almost feel like it, dare I say it, it is their destiny for this trophy. Yeah, there was an air of <clears throat> I don't know if you want to call it confidence, but yeah, they they were they were confident Rangers, not arrogant or anything, but they were they 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 think they can do this Rangers, they really do, and they should. They shouldn't go in fearing Leipzig. I thought Leipzig were a good team. They are a good team. Are they the best team we've played in Europe? Probably not. I'd put I'd put them up with a Leon possibly. I'd put them on that kind of level. I've had to play, put them in a kind of bracket of teams we've played. And I know Leon beat us this season we drew against them, but like I've said, we're a bit of a different animal now in Europe. So it'll be hard. I know they get beat 3-1 on Monday night there, but I'm not even into that. Put that away. <laughs> that doesn't mean that they're dead. In the it was, I think I think there was eight or nine changes to yeah. the start of 11. Aye, so... Uh, I'm not reading into that. Shows yeah. you how much they're taking this seriously, but it shows you oh, how no, much that they're worrying about coming to Ibrox as well. Of course, because they would have seen teams come to Ibrox this season, and let's be honest about it, Rangers have battled teams at Ibrox. Yeah. Even Dortmund. And Dortmund are a very, very good team, and we should have won that game 3 too. And the atmosphere will be the atmosphere will be key. The first I know what you're asking, but the first goal, Carney, is is massive. We need to get the first goal. If Leipzig get a first goal, I just think two goals of a to make two goals back. I I think that's possibly beyond us. Um, I know we've done. Anyway. I, I know, I know, but I just think I it know. Could psychologically, I just, psychologically, the yeah. players, us as the fans, going two down. I know I've seen Rangers come back before, but I really think the first goal is key. Similar to when we played Dortmund, we get the first goal. I know the the. The first tie, the result was in our favour, but the first goal is key. But like I said on the, the previous pods, 
I think Leipzig will come and give us the ball and let us come at them and they'll want to hit us on the break. They've been Atalanta and beating them away from home. I think they'll be confident coming here and scoring. Um, I think they will score, Leipzig and Ibrox. Um, I think we need to strap ourselves in for a potentially <laughs> long night on Thursday night, which is, is not going to be great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah, like I say, we've got a huge chance, a huge chance, but do not write that Leipzig team off because they're a very good team, technically very good. And like I say, I think they will sit back and give us the ball in time, look to hit us on a break. Yeah, uh, I think so as well. They beat Atlanta by doing that... Uh, and Italy, they they just they were frighteningly quick on the on the counter attack. I watched their I watched their highlights after that game, and they are they're very fast at breaking. Uh, so it's something that Rangers definitely need to be be prepared for. Scotia, what's key for you? And is it a concern that we didn't rest a few more of our big hitters, if you like, in the team on Sunday? Do you think legs might be an issue? Um. No, what? Not really. No, because the only one there that I would, I would, I've always kept the, the back line the same for the old mm-hmm. firm, regardless. You know, we had this coming up, um, and given the options we had, um, no, I probably wouldn't. I changed it overly much, so I'm not overly concerned in terms of our levels of fitness. Because if you look at what we've done the last few few games, we've been finishing games really, really strongly and looking really, really fit. So I think the players are all kind of at this level where they're, they're not burnt out at the moment. They look as if they're in peak condition to go into this. So in terms of the, the Rangers, Kenny, threat there, I'm feeling fairly comfortable. My only concern is, obviously, is Ruth going to be fit or not? And He's dropped out there. The, the lack of cutting instinct up front. Although, Sakala, Sakala's um, getting and done that there. Um, but and, uh, in terms of Leipzig, I know you're saying there that there's they made loads of changes for the game on Monday night there. I would say that three yeah. of those players that came in were the three that were suspended for the oh, game aye. in Leipzig. So I would expect them to, I would have expected them to start anyway if they were available. Um, and the other changes that they've made, they're not players that are downgrades and who they're switching out for. But again, I wouldn't read too much into the result um, last night because I think they'll, again, like us, they'll probably be up for this as well. But yeah, I'm similar to Ali in terms of what we need to do. We need to make sure we score. First, I'm not saying we need to score early, but we, I think we definitely need to make sure we score first because, uh, although to be fair, the, the crowd at Ibrox and European nights, if it went a goal down, hasn't turned into mumbles and groans. We've got right behind the team again. So even if that does happen, uh, going past experiences this season in Europe, we should be okay with the crowd there. But I really think we need to score first. Yeah, we, I think we'd be definitely need to score first. That's one thing I will say, and I will agree with you that I don't think, um, I don't think it's it, it has to be. It doesn't have to be early. It really doesn't. Uh, and you are right about the the crowd. The crowd we st- we stay with the team on, on nights like this because really we're not meant to be here. That's probably why we are we are punching above our weight in terms of the way these competitions are structured. We're not meant to be here. So and to go on and do this would be the most momentous thing ever to happen in my lifetime. It really would be. It would literally be if Rangers were to go all the way and do this, uh, it would be the best day of my life. And I've got no shame in admitting that it would be the best day of my life. And I thought 55 was good, but my God, this would be out of this world. It really would be. 
the noise at Ibrox is going to play a massive part, and I genuinely believe we're about to witness something that we've never seen before. I think it's it's going to be hairs on end stuff. I'm actually going to try and get to Ibrox early um, on Thursday because I want to be there and I want to feel it all and I want to soak it all in because I think it's going to be something to truly remember. Uh, and I just hope at the end of it, we, we come out of that um, and we get ourselves into our final of the Europa League. Uh, it would just be majestic it really would be and if you think I'm feeling it was good before <laughs> wait do you hear it if that happens I'm feeling it will be unbelievable really but you hear it for space if we're that good um, right we'll move on to the teams then uh, what we think it's going to be and then we'll come to scores after that so Ali what is your team uh, McGregor Tav Goldson Bassey Barisic Jack Lundstrom this is one where I think we all might kind of potentially change. I think he likes Kamara in European ties. So Kamara comes in there. Um, up top, Ryan Kent. Kamara Roof will start, even if we get 60 minutes out of him. And Joe Rebo. That's my team. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not picking Kamara. <laughs> I'm not, definitely not for me. Uh, I am, I'll go with. McGregor, Tavernier, Goldson, Balogun, Bassey, Lundstrom, Jack, Aribo, Kent, Wright and Roof um, is what my team would be. Uh, the reason that I'm putting Bassey at left-back is I think he is much better at carrying the ball forward than Borna Barisic is and he's braver than Barisic is going forward and we have to be brave. We're going to really need to be brave on Thursday night, so... Bargain's an out-and-out centre-back. If he's fit enough, I would play him. Um, I agree. I think Kamar Roof will play regardless. Even if he's had a 40 million pain injections, I reckon Kamar Roof plays. I don't think he would even want to miss this. But I think Bassey is key for getting us up the park. Him and James Tavernier are going to play a pretty massive part, I think. So that would be my team. Scotia? Yeah, back line of McGregor. Tav, Goldson, Bassey and Barisic. Lundstrom and Jack in the midfield. Ruth Kent, and then here's one as well for you. If Ramsey's fit, do I start Ramsey or not? I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I might I might hold him off to come on later on. So, But he's been giving me issues, so I'm going to go with the Rebo and Sakala as well. I don't know if we can take a risk by playing Aaron Ramsey. Ali, what do you think if Ramsey's fit? I know, is it a risk? Well, yeah, because he, he doesn't exactly... He's lost yet more footballing time and he wasn't exactly looking sharp before so I don't know if I get it because he's, his footballing brain is literally the best that we have at the club but it's a massive game to drop him into Nah, I wouldn't play him, he's not played since when was the last game he played again, it was the Celtic game at Ibrox, was it not? When was the last game he played? No, Hamden Was it not Hamden? No, Hamden he play Hamden, Hamden, no, no, no. No, he did. He came off hand and injured. Aye, because he came off injured at hand and I know it was. I was like, no, it definitely was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I wouldn't play him. Um, I know Tommy said he was up at his golf club the other day swinging balls, but um, no. I, no, it's too big a game. I, and I know folk will say, oh, he's Aaron Ramsey. He's played in massive games. And like you yeah. say, Carney's got football and brain. But we've, we are quite fortunate in the midfield. We do have options. Um, so... It's a no for me. If he's available for the bench, put him on the bench, definitely, but it's a no for me with Ramsey. 
Yeah, I'm not. Scotia, you've answered that question, so it's not really much point me coming back to you. But um, <laughs> Scotia, you can go first. What's your score going to be? Right, I'm going to go for three-one Rangers because I can't be the only way a two-one Rangers. So three-one <laughs> Rangers. We have to score first, and we're done in ninety minutes, so that we can all go out and celebrate for a wee bit before before the pubs close. Yeah, don't. Nah, we need my score. Ali, what's yours? Strike ourselves in, lads. It's going to extra time. Um, I'm going 2-1. I think we will score first. Um, I even think we might go 2 I think it might go very similar to to Braga. I think we might potentially go 2 up and they'll get a nick a goal or something usual and, and it'll go extra time and we'll it won't go to penalties. Well, I think I think we'll do a, a Braga potentially again. So 3-1 going into extra time and a winning goal. The, the guy to score the winning goal is going to be the man for Zambia. Fashion Sakala. Uh, I'm going for 2-1 after 90 minutes. Uh, I'm going 3-2 after extra time. And we are going to penalties. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> we are going to penalties. And scoring the winning penalty will be... Diallo. Mate, I wouldn't put that. I wouldn't put that past them. Uh, the score, the, scoring the winning penalty will be Ryan Jack. Ryan Jack will score the winning penalty, uh, and we'll go for. Oh, I couldn't deal with penalties, can't you? Look at that, mate. Oh, Look, God. I, I, I never get the scores right, mate. So I wouldn't worry about that. But no, I, I, I think there's definitely potential for extra time here. I think we all know that there is a, a real chance that this could go to extra time. But man, what a I can't stop smiling when I'm thinking about it. Literally, when speaking about this, and my, my face is getting a bit sore because I just can't stop smiling. Thinking about what we're about to witness and what we're about to be a part of, it's really going to be absolutely superb. It really is. So, right, that'll do us for tonight, gentlemen. Um, Ali, thank you very much, mate, and I'll see you on Thursday. You will indeed. Um, I can't wait for it. I can't wait for it. Um, I just want, it, I want Thursday to hurry up now. I, I would say all the Rangers fans out there, though, if this result does not go the way we want it to go, please, everyone, and I mean every Rangers fan, stay to the end of that whistle and, and um, clap that team for what they've done in Europe this season. Um, we're not supposed to be in semi-finals Europa League, so if it doesn't go our way, and I hope I'm completely wrong when I say that, please stay and give the, give the, the players a, an applause what they deserve, but I think there's something special, Carney, I do, and um, I'm feeling it. Yeah, God, mate, honestly, special nights happen at Ibrox, we all know that, but I echo that, mate, this team deserve uh, deserve praise coming off that pitch, no matter what happens tomorrow night, eh, Thursday night. See, I'm already hoping it was sooner than what it is. <laughs> um, Scotia, thanks very much, mate. Yeah, cheers, like you there, I just can't wait for Thursday to come around, and yeah, hopefully we go out and do it, and I'll see everyone in Seville. <laughs> it's going to be so many people in that apartment, mate. <laughs> no, we are. See the amount of folk in the quayside that are looking for some dicks. <laughs> <laughs> so many people. So yes, um, so yeah, that will do us tonight. We, we do move roll on to Thursday. Still time to order the t-shirts. Um, if you would like to, the link for that is below. Uh, thank you to everybody that has done so so far. Just so everybody knows, I'm waiting for all the orders to come in. I'm doing them in batches. It makes more sense. I can control it better when I do that. So the first one is Sunday. The, it's 
Sunday, I think, 6pm. I think up out Sunday at 6pm. If your order ends before then, then your order will get placed and I'll get them to you as soon as I can. But thank you to everybody. The, the response has been superb. So thank you to everybody. Um, as always, please like the videos and subscribe to the YouTube channel. We will be back with a club reaction pod on Thursday from somewhere at some time, depending on whatever we get out of Ibrox and whatever state we're in. Uh, we will we will definitely bring you some form of reaction. So until then, thank you for tuning in. Play up the famous Glasgow Rangers. Do it for Jimmy and Ibrooks. Bring the noise. We are Club at 22, the Rangers podcast, and I'll speak to you all next time. Cheers, everybody. Mm-hmm.